Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Let me give you the movie today. We're looking at the movie called The Martian. I want to let you know some hints. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, just, <laughs> hey, I want to let you know, again, I'm not endorsing the movie, looking for a message in there, but um, I want to let you know that last week was a true story. This is not. Uh, we haven't gone to Mars yet, uh, but we're on our way. It's starring Matt Damon, and so can I tell you, when I first saw this movie, I was a little intrigued. I thought, how cool would it be to have Jason Bourne in space? And uh, <laughs> didn't quite work out that way, but uh, nonetheless, it's Matt Damon. He is an astronaut with a team of astronauts on the planet Mars uh, on a mission, and then all of a sudden, an unexpected storm comes, and they try to get back to their ship to get off the planet to safety. Um, Matt Damon, his character is Mark Watney, he's a botanist, and he gets hit by some debris and left behind, left for dead. The others had to go ahead and leave because of safety issues, and so um, come to find out he's actually not dead because that would be a really short movie if he was. And uh, so the whole rest of the movie is them trying to rescue him, and I, and I love the picture. Let me paint a little picture for you here. I love the picture that God is concerned about one lost person. And you could feel like you've gone through a storm in life, and I, I dare say a lot of us here feel that way, that we've, we faced a storm in life, things were going good, and unexpectedly the storm came up, or maybe even expectedly through some choices of our own. Or we find ourselves at a place where we feel alone, or we feel like there's no hope, and we can feel all these emotions in this movie, and we feel that in real life, and that is kind of a tie into real life, that things don't always go the way that we thought, things do happen unexpectedly. And you can find yourself in hopelessness, you can find yourself feeling alone, but no this, that God is interested in the one. Even the one lost person, God is working, doing everything he can to try and rescue the one. And so I think there's other biblical truths that we'll find in here that will appeal to us, apply to our life. But things are going smooth, but soon they find out, as we know, and discover that life rarely goes as we expect. Let's take a look at the first clip. team stay inside of each other let's make nasa proud today how's it looking over there watney well you'll be happy to hear that in grid section 1428 the particles were predominantly coarse but in 29 they're uh they're much finer and they should be ideal for chem analysis we have a mission update storm warning commander you should come inside you're gonna want to see this what is it? Storm warning. I saw that in this morning's briefing. We'll be inside before it hits. Yeah, they, they upgraded their estimate. The storm's gonna be a lot worse. Martinez, how's it look? Not good. 1,200 kilometers in diameter bearing 24.41 degrees. That's tracking right towards us. Based on current escalation, estimate a force of 8,600 newtons. What's the abort force? 7,500. Anything more than that, and the map can tip. We scrub. Begin abort procedure. We are estimating with a margin of error. We should wait it out. Let's wait it out. Let's wait it out. Commander. Prep emergency departure. Commander. We're scrubbed. That's an order. 
Martinez, how long before takeoff? 12 minutes. Visibility is almost zero. Anyone gets lost, hone into my suit's telemetry. You ready? Ready! Signal on Watney. Vic? Yeah. How long could he survive decompression? Less than a minute. Line up. Walk west. He may be prone. We don't want to step over him. Commander? Warning. We're at 10.5 degrees. Excessive tilt. Tilting to 11. Warning. With all the gusts of wind. Copy that. Everyone, hone in on Martinez's suit. It'll get you to airlock. Get in, prep for launch. What about you, Commander? I'm going to search a little longer. Commander, I know you don't want to hear this, but Mark is dead. Commander. Hey, what's wrong with you, man? My friend just died. I don't want my commander to die, too. Central Standard Time, our satellites detected a storm approaching the Ares 3 mission site on Mars. At 6.45, the storm had escalated to severe, and we had no choice but to abort the mission. Thanks to the quick action of Commander Lewis, astronauts Beck, Johansson, Martinez, and Vogel were all able to reach the Mars ascent vehicle and perform an emergency launch at 7.28 Central Time. Unfortunately, during the evacuation, astronaut Mark Watney was struck by debris and killed. Commander Lewis and the rest of her team were able to intercept safely with the Hermes and are now heading home. But Mark Watney is dead. Uh, Director Sanders! You know, that scene, and we know that it goes on, the movie goes on, but nonetheless, the odds are stacked against him, but you can feel, if you watch that, you can feel the emotion of it all, and really, I think we can relate to it, because there's times in our life when we, things are going one way, and all of a sudden, they change. A storm comes, things happen unexpectedly, perhaps more difficult, more severe than what we ever would have hoped or anticipated, and then yet, we find ourselves at a place that we could fall into that place of hopelessness. Those emotions can be real in our life, and, and, and the same thing might be said, and you might feel that way now. You might feel lost, you might feel alone, you might feel there's no hope, and you might even be at the place where you think that my hopes and dreams are dead. Things haven't turned out the way that I'd hoped. Maybe you're here today, you struggle with a storm in your marriage, and you could say, my marriage is dead. It feels lost. I don't find any hope there. Maybe it's a, a medical report. Maybe it's a family issue with your kids or something related to that, but nonetheless, 
us, I believe we've all found ourselves at a place in time where we felt that hopelessness. And storms can come and bring a sense of hopelessness and help us really miss out on the life God intends. And so what do you do when your dreams feel lost in space and dead? What do you do when your marriage feels that way? How How about physically, emotionally, mentally? When you face hard times, it's easy to focus on what you don't have. It's easy to focus on what you think is lost or what you cannot see instead of what you do have. And you might think right now, I don't have what I need. I don't have what I need to do what needs to be done. The first thing you need to know is this, that you have a choice. You always have a choice. You always have a choice to make. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says this. This day I call the heavens and earth as a witness against you that I have set before you. God has set before us life and death, blessings and cursings. But now choose life so that you and your children may live. Here's what God does. He tells you that you have a choice. Here's, a, here's what you get to choose from. Here's a, here's a test for you. You can choose life, and you can choose blessings, or you can choose death, and you can choose cursings. And in case it's not obvious to you, he says, I'm going to tell you, go ahead and choose life. Not only is it your choice, and it does it affect you what you choose, but it affects those around about you. As the scripture says, it not only affects you, but affects your children. You know, you have to know that you always have a choice. God always presents us, based on the scripture, God always presents us an opportunity for life in any situation. Because he's God, he presents us an opportunity for life in any situation, any scenario. Luke 18, 27 says this, Jesus replied, what is impossible with man is possible with God. All things are possible with God. There always is a scenario in God to find a way out. There will always be storms. And they will always be worse than what we thought. And they can come unexpectedly and perhaps through our own choices, but you always have a choice to make. John 16, 33 says this, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble. There will be storms in this world, in this life, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus overcame the storms of life. He overcame the obstacles so that we can have hope. And I want you to see that you have a choice today. We don't always get to choose what happens, but we do get to choose how we respond. And we can't lay down in in despair, discouragement, and hopelessness knowing that we have a choice in him. And honestly, just the core, think about this, the core belief of Christianity, of what we believe, is that Jesus died and was dead. But yet God raised him from the death. There was no finality there until God says. There's no finality in your life. God always has the last word. There is always hope for you and I. In the midst of what we think is dead or dying, in the midst of what we think is lost and unrecoverable, God has a way. There's always a way, there's always hope in him. If you're breathing, it ain't over. Second Peter 1.3 says this, his divine power, his divine power gives us everything. Say everything. His power contains everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through our knowledge of him, through our knowledge of the one who called us and gives us what we need. Maybe what we need is a greater knowledge of him. In the midst of our hopelessness, in the midst of our challenges, when we don't know what to do, here's what we can do. We can pursue a greater knowledge of him. We can do that. You have a decision to make. Watney had a decision to make. Let's take a look at this next clip. (laughs) 
oxygen level critical. astronaut I'm entering this log for the record uh, in case I don't make it I have no way to contact NASA and even if I could it's going to be four years until a manned mission can reach me and I'm in a hab designed to last 31 days if the oxygenator breaks I'm going to suffocate if the water reclaimer breaks I'll die of thirst if the hab breaches I'm just going to kind of implode and if by some miracle none of that happens, eventually I'm gonna run out of food. So, yeah. I love the determination and the declaration he makes there at the end, I'm not gonna die. But it took him a little bit to get to that point. In the midst of our storm, in the midst of feeling lost and hopeless, you know, we have to, allow, we have, to have something rise up inside of us and declare that this isn't the end. And so I, 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 I'm interested in watching, when I, I was interested in watching this, the transformation that will come in just a moment, but he starts by going through an inventory of how bad things can be. And isn't that true what we find ourselves doing? We rehearse over and over and over again how bad and how dire the situation is and how things can go wrong and if this, we, we play the negative scenarios constantly but then he finds himself taking inventory of what he does have and he walks around looking at things and, and something rises up inside of him and he says, I will not die. You know, I just wanna encourage you this morning because of the previous scriptures we looked at, God always provides a way out for you and I. And so he has the last word, and so instead of rehearsing over and over and over again the hopeless scenarios of life, let us look for the things that we do have. Instead of looking like what we don't have, let's look at what we do have, and let's allow that to build something in us, hope rise up in us, where we declare, in my marriage, I am not gonna die. This marriage will not die. This marriage will not end. My family, my relationship with my kids, it will not die. It will not end. This body, I had a bad report, but I'm not gonna live there and rehearse 
rehearse all the negative symptoms and all the negative things. I will not die, but I will live. Maybe we need to encourage ourselves in the midst of our hopelessness. Maybe we need to allow the confessions of faith to come out of our mouth and declare, we will not die, we will not quit. You know, the Bible says that what we say is extremely important, and there's times that we need to encourage ourselves, And maybe over and over and over again until it really becomes a reality in you, things that we will not die, we're going over and not under, we'll overcome and not be overcome, we'll, we'll not be victims, but we'll be victors. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And sometimes you just have to encourage yourself that you're not dead yet. There's power in your words. Proverbs 18, 21 says this, death and life are in the power of the tongue. There are power in your words and what you say. Your words can shape your future according to the word of God. Luke 6 says it this way, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever I put in my heart will come out of my mouth. Maybe again, back to previous scripture, we need to have a greater knowledge of him who has called us and allow that to come out of our mouth. But also know this, that your thoughts Your thoughts can shape your future. Your thoughts can shape your future. Be careful what you dwell on. Be careful what you constantly think on, what you focus on, give give attention to. Proverbs 4.23 says this, be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Life is not shaped by other people. Well, if this person and that person, life is not shaped by your circumstances. Well, if I only had this or had this or had this advantage, life is shaped by your thoughts. The Bible says how a man thinks in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking on? The Bible tells us to take our thoughts captive. Don't let them just run wild and you take them captive. The Bible says to think on these things, which is right, just, true, pure, holy, excellent, praiseworthy. What is all that? To me, those are characteristics of Jesus. Let's not focus and think about what we don't have. Let's think about what we do have. And we have a savior. We have a rescuer. Even though you may feel like you're all alone, stranded on some planet, Jesus said, he'll never leave you or forsake you. You're never alone. Let's take a look at this next clip. Right. Let's do the math. Our service mission here was supposed to last 31 souls. For redundancy, they sent 68 souls worth of food. That's for six people. So for just me, that's going to last 300 souls, which I figure I can stretch to 400 if I ration. So I got to figure out a way to grow three years worth of food here on a planet where nothing grows. Luckily, I'm a botanist. Mars will come to fear my botany powers.
park in Statcon. I need the emergency contact for Vincent Kapoor. But if my math is right, he's going to starve to death long before we can help him. You can imagine what he's going through up there. I mean, he's 50 million miles away from home. He thinks he's totally alone. He thinks we gave up on him. I mean, what does that do to a man psychologically? What's he thinking right now? It's time to start thinking long-term. It's been 48 souls since I planted the potatoes, so now it's time to reap and re-sow. They grew even better than I expected. I now have 400 healthy potato plants. I dug them up, being careful to leave their plants alive. The smaller ones I'll reseed, the larger ones are my food supply. All natural, organic, Martian-grown potatoes. You don't hear that every day, do you? It's amazing what hope can do. And you can see that when he made the determination, made his choice, that he wasn't gonna die there and hope he's gonna rise in his heart and then he began to find things that he can do. What I find interesting about these scenes, <clears throat> we don't see him saying, I don't know how to get off this planet. I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this. We see him say, what can I do in the situation that I'm in? What do I know to do? And I, I think that's key for you and I because we focus on the things that we don't know. And I wanna encourage you, do what you know to do. Keep doing what you know to do. And I love it, he says that I'm a botanist. And if you caught it in the previous clip at the end when he was in despair and telling all the things that could go wrong, he says, I'm an astronaut. He made that comment, he said, I'm an astronaut. Now he went from being an astronaut to a botanist, meaning that I'm gonna do what I know to do. I can do this, I can do this. I'll let somebody else figure out what I don't know. Can I tell you God's working all the time on your rescue and trust him, do what you know to do. He doesn't expect you to do what you don't know to do. Let me say this, what you don't know can never change what you do know. But how many times do we give up hope because of what we don't know instead of operating in what we do know, keep doing what you know to do. God's created us differently. God's created us in a unique way. I love it again, Watney says, I'm a, I'm a botanist. He wasn't a rocket scientist, rocket scientist. He wasn't an astrophysicist. He knew what he was created to do. So he wasn't looking away to get off the planet. He was looking at a way to live. Listen, our miracle, our rescue begins when we understand that if we just will do what we're, we know to do, something else will work out. God is working because he is into the rescue business. You have to know who you are. You're fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. God had a plan and purpose and a destiny before you were ever born or created, and he gave gifts unto you. Know who you are. If nothing else, know that if you know Jesus as Savior and Lord, you're a child of God. And in the midst of this storm, I don't know how the outcome's gonna be, but I know I'm a child of God. And can I take that a step farther? Can I say in your struggle, if your storm is your marriage? Listen, he said, I'm an astronaut. That'd be like you and I saying, I'm a Christian. Can I tell you, you still have storms as Christians? But listen, in the midst of your storm in your marriage, you need to know if you're a husband. I'm a husband. I am married to this woman and I, this is a good thing and God's created me to be a husband. He's called me, he's anointed me to be a husband. I'm a dad, I have kids. And I may not see any hope in the relationship or, or with them or what direction they're going, but I'm, God has called me and anointed me and equipped me to be a dad. Do what he's created you to do. And you don't have to know the next step or how, how to get out of the storm. You need to know who you were called and created to be saved, a child of God, and walk in that. God's on my side. God has created me for good. You don't have to know everything, but you, you just need to keep doing what you know to do. Don't panic, don't lose hope. Proverbs 13, 12 says this, 
Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfills a tree of life. So hope deferred means when you lose hope. Don't lose hope. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this. No temptation is overtaking you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He'll not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Know that God will provide a way out. And Jeremiah 29, 11, you see it out in the gathering place on the wall, says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Don't lose hope. Do what you know to do. God will provide what you don't know. Let's take another clip. Let's take a look at another clip. Oh, there's a video message? It's, it's addressed to the whole crew. Play it. Come on, guys. I want to get in on that telemetry action. <laughs> Hi, hello, it's, uh, it's Mitch, Mitch Henderson. I have some news. That's no, uh, no subtle way to put this. Mark Watney is still alive. Oh my God. Uh, I know that's a surprise, and uh, I know you'll have a lot of questions. But uh, here are the basics. He's, he's alive, and he's healthy. We, uh, we found out two months ago and um, decided not to oh tell you. God. Two months? Oh, my God. I was strongly against that decision. We're telling you now because we finally have communication with him and a viable rescue plan. We'll give you a write-up of, of, of what happened, a full write-up of everything, but, it, but it's not your fault. Mark stresses that every time it comes up. So, um, yeah, um, take some time to absorb this and um, send all the questions you want, we'll answer them. All right, hand us out. If we do the maneuver, they'd have to send the supply ship or we die. We have the opportunity to force their hand. So, we're gonna do it? If it was up to me, we'd already be on our way. But it is, though, isn't it? Up to you? <laughs> Not this time. This is something NASA expressly rejected. We're talking about mutiny here, which is not a word that I take lightly. So we do this together or not at all. And before you answer, consider the consequences. If we mess up the supply rendezvous, we die. If we mess up the Earth gravity assist, we die. If we do everything perfectly, we had 533 days to our mission. 533 more days before we see our families again. 533 days of unplanned space travel where anything could go wrong. If it's mission critical, we die. Sign me up. All right, cowboy, slow down. You and I were military. Chances are we go home, they'll court-martial us. Oh, yeah, there's that. And for the rest of you guys, I guarantee they will never send you back up here again. Good. So if we go for it, how, uh, how would it work? I plot the course and execute it. Remote override. They could take over the Hermes for mission control. Can you disable it? Hermes has four redundant flight computers, each connected to three redundant comm systems. We can't shut down the comms because we'd lose telemetry and guidance, and we can't shut down the computers because we need to run the ship. I'd have to disable remote override on each system. It's part of the OS. I'd have to jump over the code. Okay, but like in English, like what would that mean? I can do it. Well, it has to be unanimous. If we do this, it will be over 900 days of space. 
That's more than enough space for one life, so yes. I vote yes. Let's go get him. Johansson? <laughs> yes. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> 533 days longer, and you said yes to this? He would have done the same for me, you know that. I love that, that time around the table there talking and deciding. What you don't know from not, not showing the clips is NASA was against that. NASA wasn't going to send the crew back. They wanted to bring them home, but they wouldn't risk any of their lives. But once they heard that their crew member was still alive and there was, there was an opportunity to go get them, they defied NASA's orders to go get him. And I love that picture, and especially at the end where that, the gentleman was talking to his wife on the screen, and he said he would do it for me. What a beautiful picture it paints of the, of the relationships that we need to have in our life. I mean, there's something to be said about God in our life and how God moves and works in our life, but you also know God works and moves through people in our lives. And so the rescue could not happen just, in a sense, just from one individual. It took the team to rescue him. And your rescue from your storm of life is not necessarily going to happen just from one person or from you. He's going to bring, God's going to bring people into your life to help you through the difficult times and help you navigate the storms. See, everyone needs a team. Everyone needs a group. Everyone needs a place to belong. Everyone. Every single one of us. Mark was a botanist. Botany was going to keep him alive, but botany was not going to get him off of Mars. It was not going to rescue him. It takes a team. You won't make it on your own. You need others to do what you cannot do because you can't do it all. You need people committed to you. Let me give you this thought. There is power in long-term relationships. Long-term relationships, I want to stress and emphasize that. There is power in long-term relationships. And we're in, we're, we live in a world where everything's so instantaneous, and, and if we don't like that, then we're out. We're going to find another person, another person, and that's kind of culture and society today, and that's not what God intends. God intends to have, for us to have relationships long-term with people. That's why it's important to get plugged into a church and not bounce from church to church, but get your roots planted and get involved and get connected. Listen, that's why we, we offer not only life groups that are eight to 12 weeks long, but we just launched, this month, we launched community groups that are eight to 12 months long. Why? Because we need long-term relationships. We need people that we can trust, that we can bond with, we can connect with. Because understand, this team of six with one stranded, listen, they went through years of training together. Years of training together. And it's important that we have people that we do life with, because when you're in trouble, your team your community group works to rescue you. And we're going to launch another round of community groups in, in February with a, a bunch of new leaders, a bunch of new people. I want to encourage you, be planning on getting in a long-term group so you can build community and relationship there for the times that when you find storms happen in your life and you feel desperate and all alone because it's that group that will stand with you. It's that group that will come and rescue you and help you. Proverbs 27.10 says it this way, never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. When disaster strikes, you won't have to ask your brother for assistance. It's better to go to a neighbor than to a brother who lives far away. And I love how it talks about don't abandon your friends or your father's. You know, that speaks to me of long-term relationships that we need to build with people. We need those in our life. Uh, You might say, I have some friends, but do you have people that you have long-term relationship with? Because we're so short-term minded. And understand this, it's an investment, not an expense. We need those. Let me take it to another level. It's not just having friends around you. It's having friends around you that you've trained with. 
All these guys on this team trained together for years. They were connected. They trusted each other. Listen, if it's not just surrounding yourself with people. You need to know this. The people you train with are the people you win with. The people you train with are the people you win with. Now understand, that's an important concept for you and I. That's why we want long-term relationships because I want you to know that church is a training ground. It is training camp. It's a place that you train with other people. In other words, you're here to train together. You're learning the word side by side people. You're training with sitting under rightly dividing the word of truth. You're not bouncing around from wind of doctrine as the Bible says if you're not locked into a place. We're learning to pray together. We learn to serve together. We learn to give together. We learn to pray for each other. We learn to exhort and encourage each other. We learn that here. We learn that in serve groups or serve teams. We learn that in community groups and life groups. We learn how to do life and ministry together with like-minded people. Each of you have a part. The Bible talks about us being a body. One's the hand, one's the foot, one's the botanist, one's the astrophysicist, or however you say that, right? And it takes all of us working together, but we need a people to belong to. We need a group to come at our difficult time of need. See, there was times in this movie where people on the ground, NASA and and other places were we're saying different things, and one group would say one thing, another group, they couldn't come to an agreement on something, and, and they thought differently. But this team, despite all those other outside pressures, knew this, that that one person was valuable, and that they were going to work to bring them home. And they had to make a lot of different decisions, because things change constantly, and so they're making different calculations. They didn't give up. They kept looking for ways to go rescue their team member. They were persistent, they didn't quit, they sacrificed. It's a beautiful picture of a church, a beautiful picture of groups working together with changing variables, coming together to rescue someone in need, someone lost and without hope that didn't have a rescue party is a sad thing. We all need a rescue party. We all need that working in our life. See, here's the thing I liked about this too before we get to the next clip. Mark did not know what was happening around him. He only knew it was happening on the planet. There was some communication they were able to establish. You don't know what God's doing to rescue you right now. But you know God's character and nature is he loves you and he's out to rescue you, so he's working. That's why he created and put a church here. That's why he created a service like today. You don't know the people in your life that perhaps are are praying for the, you don't even know about. And it's always encouraging to pick up your phone. I got it yesterday. We dropped my oldest daughter off to uh, an internship program and left her in and I had uh, friends texting me, praying for you. I know it's hard to, to, to leave her there for you know, the time that she's interning. And you need people that you don't know that they're praying for you. But that happens in a team, in a community. Let's take a look at this next clip. Johansson, what's my relative velocity to Mark? 5.2 meters per second. Copy. Adjusting course. Three meters per second. Distance to target 24 meters. 11 meters to target. Six meters. Mark. 
I got him. I got him. I got him. Way to go, Iron Man. <laughs> Back, pull us in. It's good to see you. You have terrible taste in music. <laughs> Houston, this is Hermes Actual. We got him. Rodney is secure. Contact in outer space with Mark Rodney. After a very long time, they have done what many people thought was impossible. Mark Rodney has been successfully rescued. Get a hold of him. Hey, handsome. Beck, close the hatch. Welcome to the Astronaut Candidate Program. Now pay attention, because this could save your life. When I was up there, stranded by myself, did I think I was going to die? Yes, absolutely. And that's one you need to know going in, because it's going to happen to you. This is space. It does not cooperate. At some point, everything's going to go south on you. Everything's going to go south, and you're going to say, this is it. This is how I end. Now, you can either accept that, or you can get to work. That's all it is. You just begin. You do the math. You solve one problem, then you solve the next one, and then the next. And if you solve enough problems, you get to come home. All right. Questions? <laughs> I, like, I like this closing scene. That I love that they got him and, and, and they all worked together. It took them all work together. It took the rescue team. It took everybody working together. And this is going to sound a little cheesy, but the celebration, because I know it's fiction, but the celebration, uh, Times Square and London and China and all the other places in NASA, you know, you realize that for one person's rescue, it's like the whole world celebrated. Can I tell you, the Bible says when one person's rescued, one lost person's rescued here on the planet, all heaven rejoices, all heaven celebrates. One person's rescued. Because God is about rescuing lost people. And God will move heaven and earth, and God will put a church in a place, and God will put people in your life, and he'll do things that you don't even know, you can't even see, but because God loves you so much, he sends a rescue team out to get you. And, and here's the thing, God's heart is, and Jesus says, I came to seek and save the lost. That is my mission, and therefore that's our mission. And he also says this, I didn't come for the well, I came for the sick. He's always constantly working and thinking about rescuing somebody that's lost. So no matter how lost you may feel today, there is hope, and his name is Jesus. And he's put together a rescue team here to help you through your storm. It was interesting when he made that comment you know, about going out in space, and when you go out in space, you can 
believe something's gonna happen. Can I tell you, here on the earth, an imperfect fallen world, things are gonna happen, storms are gonna come, but you're gonna have to make a decision. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna lay down in hopelessness and be lost, or are you gonna do something about it? And he made that comment at the end, you just gotta begin, and the beginning point for each and every one of us is Jesus. Wherever you are in life and wherever you are and what's happening in, in, your, in the areas of your life, the beginning point is Jesus, and then you receive Jesus, and then one day at a time, one problem at a time, you overcome through Jesus. And he does that through other people in your life as well. I wanna encourage you today, no matter where you find yourself, you could be walking with him your whole life and, and be in the midst of a storm, or you could not even have a relationship yet. It all begins with Jesus. There is always hope because of him because of what he's done. I just want you to know today that he's on a mission. He will not give up. He will not relent while there's one lost person. And so he's created this moment for all of us to acknowledge him, to come to him, to be a part of what he's doing, to have hope again. Our hope is in him. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.